Brazos Valley and Central Texas and Palestine and anyone who's listening to us morning, night, or noon on the, for the internet at redsearadio.org slash streaming, slash listen, excuse me. We are here, Red Sea Roundup, for August 29th, 2017, and it's a strange voice because the doctor is in this morning. Thaddeus Romanski, I'm filling in for Pam Marvin, who normally hosts uh, these, this fifth Tuesday of the month, and we've got a great uh, Catholic Creatives kind of show this morning. We're going to talk with um, a videographer and producer and a film director with a Catholic uh, video and, and music campaign. We'll talk with you, get them on the phone here in just a few minutes. And then we're going to also speak in the second part of the show with Catholic musician Michael James Meddy about his new album that came out this spring and talk with him about his his ministry. So it should be a, a, an enjoyable, uh, pleasurable hour that I think will hopefully bring a lot of you relief, uh, comfort, something to take your mind off of. Uh, your worries, because I know a lot of you across the, the central and south southern part of the state, the coastal part of the state, are hurting, and you have friends who are, are hurting uh, physically, have property damage evacuated from their homes. Uh, this is something that's very close to my heart as my family went through it um, last May due to the flooding that happened here in town. And we were evicted from our home for a year. Some of you know that story. We don't need to get into those details. But I hope that this show can today uh, take your mind off of some problems and give you some some comfort and um, renewal of your faith. It is the Passion of St. John the Baptist today, August 29th, when he was executed by a herald. A herald. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Dennis? Herod the Great, uh, <laughs> I wasn't gonna uh, say as you. being uh, the herald of uh, Christ's um, gospel, and so it's a it's a day of uh, martyrdom. It's a day of suffering, and it's a good day to keep all the people who are suffering uh, from the the flooding and the rains uh, in our prayers today. A um, couple of announcements. Just one that comes across my my desk is that St. Joseph High School football is going to open up against Texas Wind from Waco on this Friday, September 1st, right, Dennis? That is correct. We will be broadcasting live here in the Brazos Valley, and uh, in the future we uh, may even get some arrangements for other local Catholic high schools in the central Texas area. We'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, it took us a while to establish this with— St. Joseph's, and we're up and, and going. So, yeah, it's football time again, and, and uh, you know, uh, time to enjoy some life. And, and I know there's those that are suffering out there, uh, we will definitely keep them uh, all in our prayers as we, we have some dear friends of the radio station who moved away who are in our house right now because they had to evacuate. So yep. God bless them and all our families, as you mentioned. Yes. And we want to just remind you, too, that uh, keep, keep on your calendar— uh, that the radio is having their benefit dinner on October 19th, Thursday, October 19th, at St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic Church in College Station for the Brazos important. Valley. Yeah, very important fundraiser for the Red Sea Catholic Radio. And uh, as you know, we're trying to raise money to buy a new transmitter in Waco because we're still on borrowed time there. So if you could contribute toward that, folks, go to the website, look at the transmitter picture, and click on that. We actually have some information about how you can help in the hurricane relief effort and tropical storm relief effort on our website as well. So go to redsearadio.org to find out information about our need for a transmitter, uh, many people's need for aid through Catholic Charities and the Catholic Conference of uh, Texas Catholic Conference of Bishops, and our upcoming benefit dinner with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers uh, on October 19th. So lots going on for a lot of people. First day of school back for College Station, tomorrow for Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Baylor, uh, if they hadn't started already, I'm sure will be starting like ASAP and lots of school districts are now kicking in if they are able, um, because of the flooding, some are not. So, yeah. uh, once again, keep everybody in your prayers and, and, uh, support any way you can financially for the relief effort and for, uh, everything we do here at Red Sea Catholic Radio. But nothing is going to beat 
Deacon Harold Burke Sivers as our as our guest speaker on uh, October nineteenth. But you know what else we're going to talk about in terms of beats? Uh, we're going to talk about eight beats. Okay. Well, we got a couple of great people on the uh, line with uh, with the Eight Beats Radio campaign, and we've got Sean Shiavelin, the director of the Texas Regional Film uh, Branch of this campaign, and also CC Stevenson, who is a videographer and producer for that campaign. So, CC, good morning. Tell us about what is the Eight Beats campaign. Good morning. So good to be here. So Eight Beats is a series of short films. Um, and what we're doing right now is we're just jumping into spreading the word. Uh, and we're trying to just gather support, uh, raise money, and uh, just gather gather fans. So the, the project is it's a series of short films based on the Eight Beatitudes. So we've divided up the U.S. and Canada uh-huh. into eight eight regions. And each region is going to be making a short film based on the beatitude that they've been assigned to. Uh, and so these short films, we are we're making them for a, a secular audience. Um, mm. So we're going to be using very just human, just human themes and human like emotions and just real life stories. But all of them are going to be very uh, just based in the beatitudes and really bring them to life and bring them into just the modern world. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the project. It's, it's super exciting. It's being, um, the people who are making these, like we're all part of the Catholic creatives, uh, kind of group and we got Catholic filmmakers, we got Catholic marketers and designers. So it's Catholic creatives making these eight short films. We're going to put them all together into an anthology film Hmm. and sell it, give it to the world, uh, to enjoy. And hopefully, um, just dive deeper into what the Beatitudes like really mean um, in this modern world uh, and how they speak to just the human spirit. So how can people um, view the films or some, if there's going to be any kind of promotional materials about the making of the films, where can people go to uh, check out the final product or along the way? Yeah, great question. So if you go to our website, 8beatsmovie.com, uh, you can like there's there's a whole bunch more information there on just what we're doing, who we are, um, and then also links to go to our crowdfunding uh, campaign, which is we're using Indiegogo. So if you go to our website, you can link there. You can also just Google Indiegogo Eight Beats, uh, and it'll it'll take you there. So um, there there are opportunities to uh, to donate on the Indiegogo campaign, and there's various kind of reward levels you know if you donate 25 bucks i think you get you get a digital download of all the films and you get a couple other perks uh and off the top of my head i don't remember the other ones but we have like t-shirts we've got posters uh just all kinds of cool cool stuff uh for the film uh once once it comes out so the plan is to release them in spring of next year so if you um if you sign up uh, you can like sign up for a newsletter on the website or if you donate um, there's an option to receive behind-the-scenes updates as the like as the, um, the the films are made. You can also follow us on social media. Uh, I think we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just Eight Beats Movie is our is our tagline for all of those, and we'll be posting uh, just more and more as as the films are made and kind of just behind-the-scenes updates. And we'll be releasing all of the different stories that the teams have come up with. So eightbeatsmovie.com is kind of where like our central hub, and that's the number eight beats movie.com. Great. So that's CC Stevenson, uh, who's a producer and videographer with the eight beats radio campaign and eight beats movie project. You can get more information at eight beats movie.com. Now, Sean, um, what, what, what's, what do Catholic creatives bring to popular culture? CC mentioned, she said, it's going to be for, it's going to be aimed at a, a secular non-Catholic audience. Um, what what is the role of Catholic creatives in the wider culture? I think um, as Catholics, we we bring uh, a particular sacramental sensibility uh, to our work. I mean that's 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 who we are as as faithful Catholics. <clears throat> we we I tend to see it as, as a as a willingness to enter into mystery, a, a familiarity with mystery, um, 
and, and that culture of the Catholic faithful produces uh, an embrace of the majesty and mystery of creation on, on every level. Mm-hmm. It produces a harmony of, of understanding from, from the microscopic to the macroscopic. I think, I think naturally everyone from every persuasion and background is attracted to that. We are, uh, we're naturally geared to integrate our knowledge in, in order to see, to see a narrative that's reasonable um, and, and I'd say beautiful. And we as Catholics happen to have over 2,000 years of continuous exploration uh, of these deeper questions of life, love, beauty, pain, and joy, yeah. all, all the questions that give meaning to our lives. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's beautifully said. Now, can you give us a, a little... You're the, you're the film you're the, the director for the the Texas regional film. Can you can you talk a little bit about um, maybe uh, give us a preview if you want uh, what you might have in mind for for your film or how you're going to tackle the Beatitudes? Have you all made any decisions about that that kind of stuff yet? Oh yeah, so you know we've we've broken it up into eight eight different regions uh, in North America. And our region, which was uh, the Southwest, has been renamed as Texas, since everybody's in Texas now, uh, has been assigned, uh, blessed are the pure of heart, for okay. they shall see God. Okay. And um, so we, we've developed, we've created a story um, that's entitled 2 a.m. Lullaby. Um, I don't want to go too, too deep into it, but... I think you I've know, sang like some said, of those over my uh, years as a father, some 2 a.m. <laughs> lullabies. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, it's, it's about a character who um, is caught up in the culture, mm. the pop, current, current popular culture. Um, <clears throat> she's, she's kind of running away from uh, her traditional culture, uh, seeking, uh, seeking affirmation and respect uh, from from a popular culture, but at the same time, she happens to sing, uh, happens to have a ritual. She she needs to sing a lullaby to herself, a lullaby that um, her mom uh, and her grandmother sung to her as a, as a child before that before she could go home from this performing mm-hmm. job that she has mm-hmm. uh, every night. Uh, so playing with that the, the dichotomy, you know, yeah. um, of wanting to find um, security, home, um, but at the same time running away from it. Yeah. Wow. So and, uh, uh, that sounds enticing. Yeah. Please, keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh well, and then, and then she meets a stranger, and and uh, a stranger who's who's uh, not of the culture. He, he's he's an immigrant. And uh, it's very clear, and she kind of looks down on him. And but uh, you know that encounter. Um, so uh, how, how that encounter with a stranger can change our lives, and how our lives are are deeply interconnected. So uh, to, to the mystery of, of how providence works. Mystery encounter, uh, very Catholic themes, I think. Um, Sean, a little bit more. Why? Um, Cece mentioned that the, the Catholic creatives, she used that term, you did too. Is, is that a loosely affiliated uh, network? Is it an association? Um, how are you all supporting each other informally, informally? I'm curious about that. Well, Catholic Creative is, is a name of a, um, a, a project, a nonprofit uh, entity uh, started by the D'Ambrosio brothers uh, up in uh, Dallas, I believe. Okay. Um, and um, but this project is sort of um, first project on on this scale that they've done, and I, and I think um, uh, you know it kind of started outside of the project, but they had the capacity to to bring it in and to support the project. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I'm trying to remember your original question. <laughs> no, I just wanted to know, um, if what ways formally informally that Catholic creatives, uh, across the, the country, uh, come together to, to work together, to collaborate. And it sounds like this is a, 
maybe a one-of-a-kind thing or certainly a, a first time uh, where it's it's so widespread across the entire country. Um, I feel like this is a, a one-of-a-kind, uh, you know, the first time, one-of-a-kind thing. And, um, you know, I think uh, it's, it's, it's tremendously important. Um, you know, I think that there's, there's an oversaturation of content these days, you know, yeah. um, and that every generation of Catholics has to take on the faith and they have to figure out a way um, to translate um, to, to the current culture, uh, translate, speak in, in the language that everybody is speaking. Um, so, so uh, you know, at this moment, I think something really beautiful, is beautifully appropriate is taking place with this project. And if, if there were more things like this, um, uh, where, where artists are, are supporting each other, Catholic artists and um, support networks, and um, you know initiatives yeah. were being supported um, by by everyone you know financially and um, and network wise we, we would be uh, seeing a much broader positive impact on our popular uh, on the popular culture yeah and so this is and, and, this is Sean Schiavelin with um, who's a director of the Texas uh, film component for the Eight Beats campaign. Uh, if you're listening, you're just tuning in. We're talking about this this nationwide effort by Catholic um, videographers, Catholic film directors, Catholic musicians, Catholic um, artists in, in traditional mediums media uh, to come together and inform the culture with the truth and the beauty of the Beatitudes and the truth and the beauty of the uh, Catholic faith. And if this is something that we encourage you to support uh, this campaign, folks, we have a we can instruct the ignorant. That's a spiritual work of mercy. And please take part in this. And then, and Cece, would you um, give give the listeners the details again of how they can um, support the Eight Beats Project? Of course. So we have our website, 8beatsmovie.com. It's the number 8, beatsmovie.com. Uh, and on there you can find all of our, uh, just all the information about what we're doing, who we are. There's also links to our crowdfunding campaign, which we're using Indiegogo. We have about a month left to reach our goal of $50,000. Uh, you can also just Google Indiegogo 8 Beats Movie, and it'll bring up our campaign. There's all kinds of cool perks and rewards that we have for various levels of donations. And we on social media, if you want to follow kind of our behind the scenes, and we have interviews with all the different directors, uh, all kinds of other cool stuff. So 8beatsmovie.com is the main website where you can find all the information. Okay, thanks, Cece. And she's a videographer and producer on the project. And then, Sean, I want to go back to you and just let you finish your thought and, and sum up why why now why is why is a project like this so so vital yeah um like i said before you know i think everybody every generation has to take take on the faith as their own and um they need they need to speak uh translate it um in in their in their own way there's something you know there's something that needs needs to change in order for a broader, more effective evangelization to take place. And I think that this 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 project is, is extremely important. You know, to to have such a large group of, of young Catholics who want to do just that. You know, we're we're seeking to to engage the culture in a, in a new language, the language that they can understand through through art, through beauty, through creative storytelling. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, this is this has been great talking with you guys. We hope that it's a really successful project and it's the beginning of something um, tremendous and outstanding. We're going to have another Catholic creative on the other side when we talk with Michael James Meddy, Catholic musician. Okay, welcome back, Central Texas listeners, Brazos Valley listeners. 
Palestine listeners. Palestine, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to make you first one of these times, I promise. I'm sorry to always make you third. You're not third. Just as important as Brian and, and Waco. Um, we love all of y'all. Hey, we were on the first part of the show. We had Catholic uh, creatives, film uh, filmmaker Sean Chiabalin and C.C. Stevenson, who's a videographer, um, talking about the 8 Beats movie campaign. Now we've got another Catholic artist, a Catholic musician, Michael James Meddy. I got to meet him a couple years ago in my wife's hometown, Howitzville, Texas, when he was swinging through not just himself, with his whole family in a huge tour bus to do a tour. And they played it, they played at Sacred Heart Church in Howitzville. Got to know him, got to know his family, lovely gentleman. And he and his wife, Michelle, are on the phone with us this morning. Good morning. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. How are y'all? Y'all are in, in Effingham, Illinois, yes? Yes, we're in, we're in kind of space, uh, Effingham, Illinois. Uh, we've been here most of the summer here uh, because we just welcomed baby number seven into the world this past summer. Praise it's be to God. Fidelity. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, how's she doing? She's sleeping now, so that's a best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I know how that goes. My producer and I she's, both she's know how that goes. Well. She had a little bit of a rough start, um, but we're in the swing of things now. Good, good. Well, we we wanted to have you on because I wanted to help promote your newest album, which is Between the Lines, and I really fell in love with your music uh, when you toured your last album, which it, which was Art Arts and Humanity. Um, I think you've got a really fantastic sound, and you all, and you all have a, a beautiful story too. Um, but let's let's talk about the album for a second uh, first. Tell me the inspiration behind uh the name let's start with the title of the the album why between the lines right Right. so the album art we designed to be kind of like one of these zentangle coloring pages they're real popular now like you go to any store at the checkout you see these like adult coloring books and they're really kind of intricate patterns and i was inspired by those one time thinking about um that being a metaphor for the christian life and I think sometimes people see Christianity, especially from the outside looking in, they see Christianity or Catholicism specifically, very kind of black and white. And they only see the moral teachings. They only see, you know, the restrictions, the they boundaries, see, the boundaries, you know, that you can't do this if you're a Catholic and you have to do this. And if you're not, if you don't do this, then you're not a real Catholic, you know, or something like that. They see things very kind of linear, black and white fences and walls. And, um, and I think that God does give us boundaries. That's very true. God's very clear on certain moral teachings. But within those, there's a lot of latitude. There's a lot of creative latitude. Um, and I've, I've experienced that in my own life. You know, uh, Michelle and I try to be, you know, faithful Catholics and, uh, and, and obedient to the church. But we're also rock stars. I mean, we travel around. We play rock music. We, uh, we're, you know, we have a family that's full of life and full of love, a big family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, most people would see like, oh, you have a big family. It must be kind of a frumpy kind of you know, solemn experience. And, and it's quite the opposite for, for us. So the title Between the Lines is an invitation to, um, participate. to participate, to color in however, however God's calling you, whatever your adventure is, to color in uh, that, that, that image. To um, see those lines, not as a boundary, but as a diving board, like yeah. as an inspiration to say, this is the starting point And what can I add my talents and my resources and uh, my experiences, uh, within that structure that's already given to you for the beginning? Yeah. My, my daughters, we, we have like a coloring page and all of my kids have colored it in. And it's interesting because they've each colored it in radically different ways. You know, mm-hmm. um, Truman, who is one of the youngest, doesn't really have the dexterity to color really well. So he just kind of scribbles everywhere. And it's not really as beautiful as some of the older kids that can be really meticulous and saying um, within the lines. Mm-hmm. And, but even even within that, there's there's, a, you know, some people will choose lots of colors. Some people will choose just the same colors or mm-hmm. complementary colors. And mm-hmm. uh, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of creative and artistic freedom in the Catholic life. So just uh, listeners, we're talking to Michael James Meddy and to Michelle Meddy, uh, Catholic musicians and Catholic parents. Um, you can call in at 
Love Red Sea. That's 855-683-7332 if you want to ask them a question about um, the <clears throat> writing Catholic music, if you're familiar with their music, if you want to talk, ask them a question about what one of their songs is about, uh, please feel free to call in and chime in. We'd love to hear your your voice. Now, when I heard Between the Lines, when I saw it, I thought immediately, uh, being a kind of a textual person, I thought of reading Between the Lines. But maybe you were calling mm-hmm. people to um, read Between the Lines of uh, the lyrics of your songs, or perhaps read Between the Lines of our faith, that there, there, maybe there's more, kind of a more than meets the eye kind of a thing, or more than what you might get at first blush. Is there anything, is that in there at all? Am I on to anything well, there? We, we had a discussion. Originally, we were going to call it Within the Lines, and yeah. I decided Between the Lines sounds a little bit more, uh, it has a little bit more open-ended, just like you said, it's a little bit more uh, nuanced, mm-hmm. or yeah, it can have multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. So we, we did choose that as, uh, intentionally, yes. Okay, so let's let's listen to a little bit of the title track uh, right now. This is Higher. Okay, I don't know what I was talking about saying it's the title track. It's not the title track. No, it's the first track. It's the yeah. first track. Come on, Romanski. Yeah. But anyway, I heard that the first time, and I was like, whoa, dude, <laughs> go over to the dance floor. Because it's a very, yeah. that's 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 the first song you hear on this album, and it's very different than that feel, that kind of electronica feel of Arch and Humanity. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, well, I, I was... I was thinking about the, the song came to me when I was driving one day and uh, thinking about just, you know, the um, relationships that take me higher, specifically my relationship with God mm-hmm. and wanting to write songs that are um, inclusive and, uh, and, and that anybody could listen to. Mm-hmm. And so we, we specifically designed it. Yeah. as more of kind of a, a, you know, you say a dance floor, a dance track, a secular song, something you might hear at a, at a party or a wedding or something like that. Um, that would get everyone involved. Like everyone can get behind those lyrics. Your love takes me higher. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and we typically play that with our live at our live concerts. We, that's like the first song that we play. Oh yeah. And so you, like w- with the countdown and everything, you know, like we wanted something that really just set the tone and it's like, all right, here's what we're doing. Uh, I don't know what you thought you were getting into whenever you came to a, a, a concert at your Catholic church, but sure, this is what sure. we're doing and it's going to be a great ride. So buckle up buttercup. Right. Exactly. That's awesome. Um, and, and I want to say that on the album, there's also two remixes of that song that even take kind of push the dance floor feel even more, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. One of them came from southern Texas, actually. A, 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 a gentleman that we met down in the valley in, in Brownsville, McAllen area, um, came up after our concerts. He's like, hey, dude, I do music and I really love what you're doing. And so we've been in contact and he re- remixed something from Arts and Humanity and then um, I sent him the tracks, and he re- remixed. Um, remix that, that's the Avon remix. Yeah, we were we were listening in the car one night, and I said to to Rob and my wife, "How cool would it be if that Avon remix, you know, becomes a dance floor favorite? I mean, that would be yeah. amazing. It'd be so yeah. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I I hope that happens. Okay, so now is it's not just you singing on the. Uh, singing on some of these songs and you you kind of experimented with that a little bit on the previous album you've got you've it's a it's a family effort right right so this album more than any of my other albums it, i would say is the most of me mm. um other times that i've worked with producers and different um instruments more and uh and this time we we kind of locked ourselves in the chapel and just started making music uh and and i say that both metaphorically and literally we recorded all of the tracks for this album uh, last summer at a summer camp that we were serving at in Kansas. And it's, um, 
every year or every week they have different campers that come in and a couple hundred uh, junior high and high school teens. And so we were the, I was the, the, the worship leader, the kind of, you know, music for liturgies and for different things there. But there was a lot of time that I could just spend recording. And so they let me set up my recording studio in the chapel, like literally in the cry room right there with Jesus. So wow. almost all of the songs were inspired by and, um, and, you know, informed by my spiritual relationship, my relationship with God. And um, it's kind of one of these off the grid places. So it's, it's kind of hard to, um, it's kind of hard to uh, be influenced by outside stuff. And that, that was kind of an intentional thing mm-hmm. that I wanted to, to really work with what we had there. So, mm-hmm. you know, the guitar, the piano, those are all me. The bass is all me. Uh, a lot of the voices on there are um, my daughters um, and some of the, the camp counselors that we had there. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, going into your, into your inner room and locking the door and, uh, and, and seeing what's inside. So you were, you're working on your songs in there and you're, can look over your shoulder at the at the tabernacle or the blessed sacrament, right? Is that how I'm understanding this? Right. Yeah. It was it was pretty much straight ahead. So they have this yeah. like double glass that, as I was looking at my my iMac, mm-hmm. right above it was the tabernacle. That's beautiful. <laughs> he's not directly in the room with all of the main chapel and all that, but he has the glass view right, right there. Um, so he's just outside those front doors. That's yeah. Tremendous. So like a song like Heaven Come Rescue Me, that it's it's pretty much just like belting out Heaven Come Rescue Me. I'm like looking right at Jesus, and like that's a that's a pretty raw <laughs> personal prayer at that moment, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So Michelle, I've got to ask you. So is is Michael is his process where do you have to come and say, hey, you need to go out to the studio and like work on these songs because does he get caught up doing other things and being a dad, or is he one of those people where you have to kind of say, hey, you need to chill and come take a break because he wants to perfect things and is always working on things. Can you give us a little insight on his creative process from your angle? Michael is a very hard worker. He wakes up early, early in the morning and just has this list of of things that he needs to do. And um, the, the recording and the creation of music is a release from the mundane, tedious things, you know, like as a musician, you don't just get to play music all day. You get, you get to do booking and accounting and, and Michael really gets into the techno technology. And so he does video programming and computer programming and, and designs all the, the lighting this summer. He spent like literally soldering led lights for our new show. And so he, he tries to take a blend of, you know, the really kind of working with your hands and then the creation of music is the release from that, you know? So it's much harder for him to like lock himself into the room and say, this week I'm going to record an album. It's more like, okay, I'm going to go work in the, in the sweaty garage and do the physical stuff. And then when I get tired of that, then I'm going to come in and and do the creative stuff in the evening. And, and that renews and refreshes his Mm -hmm. soul. Very Catholic uh, approach to things. He's got a really good read on that and kind of can work that balance and work to his strengths throughout the day. Okay, so now I want to uh, play another song, just a little bit of a song, and then let y'all comment on it. Um, this this track is called Summertime. fade out. Sorry, guys. Um, so it's Summertime. Now, that is another fun song. It sounds, it's very, uh, anybody could get into those lyrics, like you said. But I think you, I'm yeah. curious, can we read between the lines a little bit? So get, tell us the story behind that song, and then tell us if there are if there are layers of meaning to that song. 
And both of you please right. chime in. Yeah. Okay. So when I was writing songs, like one of the things I've learned as a songwriter is to try to capture a, a mood or a moment um, on arts and humanity. I think the song Saturday is gone is a song to my mother that I wrote that is kind of a complex mm. melancholic relationship. Um, mm -hmm. That's uh, and I, I think we did a good job of capturing that mood, you know, with bring forth the light. It's just like, bring forth the light, man. Like let's, let's, you know, seize the day. That was the kind of mood of that song. Right. And for summertime, I was trying to capture a mood and a specific kind of moment in my life. Uh, right after I graduated high school, I met uh, the love of my life, the woman that's right next to me, Michelle. And we spent that summertime where we met um, kind of in our own you know, world. It was right before I was getting ready to uh, join the Air Force and move to Texas. Uh, and don't mess with Texas. And so, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> there, and so um, everybody... It's just carefree. Like, yeah, you, you almost really didn't even have a job because it was two months before you left town. And, and it was just enjoying the moment of being together and being silly and being fun and, and not having, um, you, you know, the, the worries of life weighing you down. You were just running through daisy fields, holding hands, right? Every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we were really at this unique kind of transition point from childhood to adulthood where it's like, we're, we're in love and like, we're still married, you know, we're married 18 years later. <laughs> Um, but, but that summer I was a lifeguard and like, they just played on the radio nonstop, this kind of late nineties pop, uh, just wall to wall, like spice girls and back, like all this kind of cheesy, you know? And, so, and so some of that just like, you know, they're like earworms Hanson and like all this yeah, stuff yeah. just kind of gets in there. And it's so catchy. My, my producer uh, is cringing right now. As you mentioning some know. of this music, <laughs> <laughs> Pache to anyone who so, loves nineties music. So I was just trying to capture that kind of moment. And I listened to it, like, as I was recording it. So that, that, that song, I wrote it um, actually in the month of May, uh, last summer in, in May, because I was reminded of that moment mm -hmm. and, uh, and meeting and loving my wife. Talk about and, suffering um, for what you love. I mean, listen, going back and listening to that 90s music to influence writing this song. What? So, <laughs> you're not going to let that die. You're not going to. Well, <laughs> I'm so sorry. That, that's the late night. I mean, I also, I'm a huge fan of Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana right, and right. all that kind of, you can hear those influences a lot too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I really, I specifically wanted to write happy songs, you yes. know? And if you listen, like every time I listen to the synth solo on that song, uh, I'm like, it is like, it's like sugar sweet. It's like, you can't get any sweeter, any mm -hmm. bubblegum pop than that's this. True. You know, it's so... <laughs> But it makes me smile every time. There's something about pop music, you know, that, that gets me. Somebody said, I think it was Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters said, nobody has guilty pleasures. You just have pleasures. If you like a song, great. I don't care who it's by. Uh, and right. so that's, that's kind of what we were trying to capture with that song. And I'll also say one of the things that constantly in, um, informs my spirituality is my relationship with my wife. Like, it's hard yeah. for me to understand uh, God's self gift, but I can understand my wife's, uh, sacrifice and my wife's gift of herself. And so the mm -hmm. kind of theology of the body and the theology of marriage really informs a lot of, uh, of my spiritual journey. Right. And Michelle has, what, what do you want oh, to say? I was just going to say about the production of the album that we had been to see a live performance and, um, the, the oh, yeah. lead guys were kind of like, uh, okay, but they had this horn section of these three guys playing horns in the back, and they brought it. It was so much fun. I looked at Michael and I said, "If we have learned anything from this experience, we need a horn section." And, um, and <laughs> which is then, why we keep having kids because one of these players, <laughs> somebody's going to play the saxophone, somebody's going to play the <laughs> horns. Make everything happy, and we were. Yeah. I was trying to write a really happy song. Our producer Dennis is sitting here, and he's nodding his head. He loves Chicago. Loves their oh, horn yeah. section, and, and he has a son who plays saxophone, another one who plays trumpet? We have a trombone, a trumpet, a flute, a French horn, a, a clarinet. Maybe you, can get, maybe you can get his family yeah, to be your horn section. Nice. We'll, uh, we'll contact you after the show and get you our contact <laughs> yeah. information. So my, love first, it. my first instrument was trombone. Sister Cordula, a school sister in Notre Dame, taught me trombone. And I played that up until my junior year in high school. And then I got braces. And trying to play a horn with braces is like a special kind of purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's when I switched to drums and somewhere along the line picked up an electric guitar. 
And hey, the first hey, time I stepped on a distortion pedal and hit it an <laughs> E chord, it was just like, oh my gosh, this is so much cooler than the trombone. And <laughs> so Michael and, and Michael, I just, went, that's when it all went downhill. Little sneak preview. Uh, you know what the uh, things to come, you can call it the, the Medi Maka experience. Nice. So that's my last name is Maka. So, you know, we'll, we'll recruit some of my kids. We'll see what we can do. That almost has a psychedelic feel to it. The Medi Maka experience. Yeah. yeah dude. It's better than it. the Hansons. That's all I got to say. <laughs> See, he's not letting it die either. He's not yeah. letting it die either. Go on, I'm sorry. Hey, so um I believe I believe in reconciliation and forgiveness. So <laughs> You bet you bet your life. You bet your life. Um okay, so it's we've got it out there very clearly that this is a this is a family collaboration. I mean, you and your wife are very much a team on this. Uh you have your daughter singing uh, backup vocals on songs uh Gabby and Trinity are are performing now, right? Right. Well, and we this summer, um, one of the things that we were doing while Michelle's having a baby, I'm I've been working with Charity to play drums, mm. and uh, Charity is a friggin' rock star when it comes to drums. She is just an animal back there. And having live drums, I, I toured with a drummer uh, a couple three years ago, and it was so energetic. You know, every show is just it, it really adds a lot having having uh, live drums. And I mean, the more live instruments you have, the more exciting it is and so uh we're yeah we're, we're ready to um take it to the next level okay so i want y'all to again both of you paint this picture of how this michael james Meddy family bonanza goes on the road and does this touring and educates the children too does the homeschooling because i mean it is a it is undertaking yeah well it, i think it's um it's been a natural evolution. And that's one of the things that I try to stress to people that um, it's not like we just one day, you know, like, Hey, let's buy a bus. Let's go on the road. It was kind of um, baby steps, you know? Sure. Um, we started off working at a parish job and then uh, I was a youth minister. And then I took a job that was uh, a music minister for a youth group. And so that kind of got me into doing doing worship music and doing music specifically as a tool to lead people closer to Christ. And from there, I started traveling out and doing my own music, uh, writing my own music, playing my own music. And even that was more worship style, like you were writing music that would be more worship music, or uh, you started writing psalms for yeah, a while. Yeah, liturgical that music for a while. Liturgical music, but, but he said, I really have this on my heart, but I don't know where it is in the Catholic church. Like, I don't know, you know, I can't go get a job doing that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so he really just started uh, with these evening concert formats where we can say, okay, it's not liturgy. It's not math. Um, but we feel like there's something there. Right. And, and so we, I started touring myself uh, and that was treacherous being away from the family at the time we had uh, four and then five kids. And uh, I said, well, maybe we could all travel together and share uh, some of the joys and struggles of being on the road that would allow us to travel longer and, and reach more people um, and for everybody to kind of experience all you know, different parts of the country. And so we started off, uh, we bought an Airstream travel trailer and renovated that with bunks enough that everyone could, could have a place to sleep. And it was never the intention to be like a family band. Everybody would say, oh, your family's with you. Do they all play instruments? But at the time, like our oldest was eight, nine. Yeah, I, I used to hate it when somebody would say that. They would say that, you know, oh, you're like the Partridge family, right? You're like those, the Von Trapps. <laughs> and it was like the bane of my existence every time somebody would say that. Uh, but um, And it was more like I didn't want to put the toddler to bed at the end of the night by myself. Like it, we needed to be together and the music was fun and it was something, you know, that you felt called to do. And, and it was an adventure to see the United States and to meet new people and, and that sort of thing. And as we kind of continued along that journey, I think that we realized that the gifts that God had given us were, were really unique. And that the gifts that God had given our daughters uh, musically were, were really unique. And, and so we would at first, you know, it was kind of a throw everyone a bone. OK, here's the kids coming up for the last song or something like that. But I, I wanted the music to be able to stand on its own. Yeah. I think sometimes um, 
in the church, we, we have a tendency to make everything a school pageant or something like that, where it reduces the faith to, oh, that's what our kids do. I think that of servers sometimes, like, oh, the, the, the kids are up there with, with, with uh, Father on the altar. It's like, no, this is a, an adult, serious faith. You know, our faith shouldn't be something that's just Absolutely. Uh, childish. And um, so, so that was like a big kind of hold up for me. But as the, the girls got older and as they were able to be excellent and not just adequate, um, we started introducing them in and really saw a lot of fruits on so many different levels. Um, and so that's when really a year ago, we kind of hit the road with the intention of Gabby and Trinity are going to be up on stage with me all of the time. Mm-hmm. And then now we've uh, introduced charity and uh, on the drums. And so we have when we play live, we have you know lights and video and charity's rocking the drums. I'm playing guitar. Gabby's playing guitar. Uh, Trinity's on violin, and uh, and me and Trinity both play keyboards sometimes for different songs. But we try to create, you know, moments that are like higher, that are like upbeat dance numbers, and then there's other things that are a lot more uh, rock driven, um, and things that are moody, and and also specifically trying to create moments of prayer. That's one of the things that, yeah. um, not just talking about prayer, um, but actually creating an atmosphere musically that that is. Uh, an invitation to prayer. That's one of the, that's been one of the, the kind of things we've really tried hard to do with this tour is creating an opportunity for people to pray. I think Catholics, a lot of times, you know, when we talk about spontaneous prayer, they think that that's what our Protestant brothers and sisters do. You know, that's what that's what the Pentecostals do. Uh, and there's like a kind of keep that at arm's length. But prayer should be the lifeblood of what it is to be a Christian. It should be the lifeblood of what it is to be Catholic. Um, yeah, and Michael. So trying to create opportunities for that. I think that a lot of the last few things you've said is a nice segue into, I'm going to play one more song from the album, and this this is my favorite song, and then we can we can uh, talk on that a little bit, on, on this song. This is um, You Could Never Forget Me. soul among the dead You are perfect peace You are holiness When everything is lost And I am so afraid You have shown to me Oh God The end is not the grave I mean, I listened. That was a rough fade out again, but I got to get better on that. Uh, I can I, listen. I, I thought I thought you were doing better, but <laughs> but then I but then I dropped the ball. Um, no, now that I know more about the production um, and writing environment, I mean, I can listen to that song and imagine you sitting there and you're looking at the the tabernacle or looking at the blessed sacrament as you're writing those lyrics, and they just they really cut me every time that I I listen to them. And I love the way that you say, oh, God, and the, and the production effect that you gave it. I mean, it just sounds like you are just crying out from the depths of your soul to God in this sort of half-anguished but half-hopeful kind of sense that almost like the singer is recognizing that I forget about you, Lord, all the time but you never forget me. And I only come often. I only come back to you when, you know, I'm desperate or I'm, I'm in need. And, um, there's just, there's a lot there emotionally for me. And I, I think it, um, it feeds me, uh, spiritually very well. So I, I love that song and it, um, thank you for writing it. So tell, tell us a little bit about it and, and what's there and, and such. Yeah. God, God be praised that, uh, that he can speak to that. Um, the song, like many of my songs, <laughs> it's funny because the the times that are hardest for me as a uh, as a person become a, a great wellspring of of creative energy. 
you know, um, it's, it's through the suffering that, that you get inspiration, you know, a song like bring forth the light. You don't say that when you're in the light, you say that, uh, in the darkness and, uh, you can never forget me. You don't say it when you're thinking of God, you say it when you realize that you've, that you've forgotten God, just like you said. So it was really written during a, a, a kind of dark time in my life whenever, um, we had some issues with our bus breaking down and I had to be away from Michelle and the kids. And just emotionally, I was, I was at a, a, a an empty place mm-hmm. um, and, and had a moment of revelation where I realized, you know, God is still here. God is still here in this moment. And even though everything feels uh, oppressive and it feels like a huge weight on your shoulders and it feels like you're unappreciated and all of these things, um, God will never forget us. And God is always faithful. And, you know, I brought back to the Psalms. Uh, we try to pray the, the morning and evening office mm-hmm. and, and those Psalms, you know, you will never forget me. That's, that's something that is talked about a lot in the, in the old Testament. Um, and trying to kind of write a modern, um, if you've ever seen that poem, the footsteps poem, yeah, yeah. uh, where it was in that I carried you. Yeah. That is like the greatest sense, you know, it's like the greatest thought and, and it's a great Christian, um, poem, but sometimes it's presented very kind of uh, cheesy. Uh, right. And I, so that, I wanted to try to write something that was a more kind of authentic or a more cool version of that. Right. Um, and, and that was one of the first songs from the album that you played live um, when we were touring with Arts and Humanity. And you broke that one out just to be the acoustic song. And, and it really, um, people really enjoyed it. And we have a Spanish translation of it. And, um, and so it just really felt felt good to play live and so we wanted to include it on the album um we kind of struggled with the production of it to, oh yeah to I, get that to get that emotion to show through um in the production um but ultimately i, I mean i think it came out no I, I think I, I was pretty satisfied with the production on the album it, it you're right though we recorded it two or three different times where i was like no nope, this isn't it you know delete that file start all over again mm-hmm. after two days of work you know mm-hmm because it, it just was not hitting. It didn't have the desperation. It didn't have, it felt too uh, contrived. Um, it didn't have, yeah, it didn't have that emotional resonance. Well, and, I wish know, we could keep, note, I wish we could keep on talking you guys, but yeah. we only got about a minute and a half left. So I want to let you have a chance to tell the listeners again, the name of the album, where they can pick it up and kind of, where you're going to be touring in the the latter part of the year, let them know if you're going to be swinging through um, this part of the, the country. Right. We're going to be up uh, in Dallas at the Dallas Ministry Conference in October. Uh, and all of those dates and information are on our website, michaeljamesmette.com. Uh, Michael James Metty and Metty is spelled M-E-T-T-E.com. And you can read, Michelle has a bunch of blogs about fidelity and about our bus and uh, about the kids. There's all sorts of cool stuff on there. So mm-hmm. if you have some time to waste, uh, you can check that out. It's also on all of the streaming sites and iTunes and yeah. anywhere you listen to music, you'll see the new album Between the Lines uh, by Michael James Betty there. And I also highly recommend you pick up Arts and Humanity because that is a great album. That's what got me got me started on, on this thing. So, well, thank you so much, um, Mr. and Mrs. Metty. We have really, really enjoyed it, and I hope that this is not the last time that we get to have you on Red Sea Catholic Radio. Um, it's been our pleasure. And you all have safe travels this fall. Okay, so Thank Brazos so Valley, uh, Waco, Palestine, I did it to you again, sorry. We're wrapping up. That's <laughs> it for today. We'll see you next time. And remember, when calculating between the values of heaven and the values of earth, Always round up.